Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us on one of the radio stations around the country. Or maybe you're watching on YouTube or the show website or iTunes, wherever you are. We appreciate you being with us. Well, today we have an interesting subject for you. We're going to talk about the top college real estate programs around the U.S., Now, if you look at uh, a show I've done on the top 10 success strategies in commercial real estate, one of my success strategies is education. If you don't have the education, it's hard to make it in commercial real estate. So we've picked out some of the top programs to find out more. So if you're interested in, in getting a graduate degree in commercial real estate, or if an undergraduate degree, or maybe it's for you, someone you work with, or maybe it's for one of your children, this is a great show. Now, some of these schools also offer some online access. So uh, without further ado, my first guest is Richard Martin. He's associate professor at UGA Terry College of Business, the University of Georgia, uh, the home of the dogs, right, Richard? That's right. <laughs> Welcome to Studio One. Thanks, Michael. It's good to be here. We appreciate you being here. So. UGA's real estate program, it seems like uh, I've seen a lot of great people come out of out of that program. We have some folks here at our shop at Bull Realty from uh, UGA real estate program. Uh, tell us about it. Um, well, one of the things we have is we are one of the oldest real estate programs in the nation. We started in the early 60s. Um, and so that's one of the reasons you see our people everywhere is there are a lot of us out there. Yeah. Um, we've produced um, quite a few majors um, through the years. How many students do you have in the program? Right now we have almost 150 undergraduate real estate majors. Wow. Um, so that's the core of our program right now. Um, it, like many things, it shrunk a lot after the real estate crisis, but it's really come back strong. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are uh, kind of went back to school, right? They didn't have anything else to do, but so now that now there's still enrollment, still growing. It's growing every year. We're starting to reach the point where we have to be even choosy um, about who we who gets in because yeah. it's in a high demand major. Yeah. Well, UGA's but choosy, period, right? About who gets in. <laughs> yeah, we are getting that reputation. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, my daughter just got in. She's a sophomore. She got in last year. She had straight A's uh, and just great in every way. And uh, we're still worried about her getting in. And I'm the one who gets to benefit from that with the, st- the student quality yeah. is highest that's ever been since, or since I've been there. Yeah. And then, you know, in the commercial real estate business, we get the benefit uh, of it that that's the kind of caliber of people you have coming out of there. Yeah, we're very proud of our students. Yeah. So what are some of the classes and uh, degrees? We have three main programs Mm -hmm. that are part of the overall real estate program. There's the undergraduate um, bachelor's in business administration. That's our biggest program. Like I said, there are almost 150 um, students in that. And then we, as part of the MBA program, offer a real estate concentration where the students, um, it's a two-year program. In the second year, they can take a set of real estate courses that allow them to say they have a concentration in real estate. Um, And then the third one, for those who are really hardcore, we do have a PhD program in real estate for those who just can't get enough and want to study even more. Unlike that one, how long does that take? That's, well, four years officially, it usually ends up being a five-year program. Yeah, that's fantastic. So how many people uh, typically will come out of your school with that? Uh, we it's a, we're a small one. We only have we have five students right now. Yeah. Um, it's since real estate is such a small area in academics, we try to limit kind of having one student come out every year. Yeah. So they're not competing with each other for jobs. Yeah. And speaking of jobs, um, what do you see in the in the market there for your graduates? It may I, it may be the best market I've seen since I've been there. I've been at Georgia since '99, and um, 
we, I know last summer we had a situation, we really couldn't, didn't have, we had more internship opportunities than we had students to fill them. Um, and the job environment is as strong as it's been. Um, the Terry College as a whole just hit a, an all-time high in terms of the percentage of students who had jobs when they graduated in May. So it's a really strong job, job market. Yeah, that's good to hear. And those internships, uh, those were paid internships too, right? They are. The Terry, um, Terry College, 86% of our students have um, do an internship experience. So it's really trickled down where in the MBA it used to be, oh, the internship was your way to get a job. Mm -hmm. That's coming down into the undergraduate um, education now that that, that that internship experience is so vital. And we believe in it. Our students get a good experience out of it. and it, pays off. So if we have some dedicated people that want to do, have a uh, real estate uh, college life and they're looking at their options around the country, um, why might they want to go to UGA in Athens, Georgia? Besides well, it being that was, Athens, that was Georgia. That was reason number one is it's Athens, Georgia. Um, second is the University of Georgia. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things I like about our program is we kind of have a small college environment within the big university. Um, the program, you know, we had 150 students. We keep our class, the classes we offer down to a fairly small number. So all the students pretty much take the same classes. So you're in classes with the same people over and over again. Mm -hmm. So you might be working on group projects with the same person more than once. And you start to develop that professional relationship. Um, and we like to joke in our classes, just look around you right now. These are the people you're going to be doing business with down the road. You know, yeah. 20 years, you'll look around and see people that you were in school with. Yeah. Um, and so, and the faculty are also really accessible. You know, I, I have an open door policy. Um, I have official office hours, but I just tell the students just knock on the door and come in because you know, the questions usually don't take that long. Right. And, um, and we, so we, we like, that's one of the things we really like about it is kind of this community that we develop within the major. Yeah, and speaking of community, and you, you mentioned Athens. Uh, if you haven't been to Athens, Georgia, and you're, you're around the country somewhere, it's a pretty cool town. It's got a little bit of everything. I mean, yeah. it shows up on list of best college towns as well as best places to retire. So we kind of cover both ends of the of the spectrum. Yeah, you've had some good music uh, come out Lots of Athens. Of good music, and still a lot of good music in Athens. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get to go there because my, my daughter's there, and yeah. uh, it's always fun to, to go to Athens. And then the placement. So you've had great success with uh, placement. It, it, we've been doing really well recently. We've got, mm -hmm. um, as I said earlier, one of the advantages of being here so long is our people are pretty high up in commercial real estate in Atlanta mm -hmm. and increasingly Nashville, Charlotte, Dallas. Um, we're placing graduates there. And so a lot of them come to us looking for our majors. That's um, great. And so we have a real estate society. Uh, one of the big perks of that is a listserv where the students get access to internship opportunities and job offers from employers who are specifically looking for our majors. So they don't want to send out a general call to the university. They say, we want real estate majors from Georgia. Right. And that creates a pretty good pipeline effect for us. So that's a good opportunity if we have uh, listeners maybe in the southeast or maybe in the east anywhere and they, they want some uh, grads with uh, real estate experience. Absolutely. And even better, we produce every semester a resume book. Um, with all the students who are either looking for internships or graduating that semester. Um, right now it goes out to 450 employers, but we'd love to see that number go up. So feel free to contact us if you want a copy of our resume book. That's great. And what about the, the, the caliber of the students? I know the caliber is very high even to get in at UGA, but uh, I want to ask you about 
the students, um, I guess, personalities, the millennials, it seems like some people suggest that millennials think everything needs to be given to them and they don't have to work hard. You're probably not seeing that from UGA students. Are Our right? students work really hard. Yes, yeah. there are always the exceptions. Yeah. Um, it's, it's college, so you know, right. um, some people come for the college life. But we, I find our students work are willing to work really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I would love to see from students is a willingness to take more risks. Um, I think that's the one thing I find with millennials a lot of times is they're kind of afraid to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and so we try to push them to, you know, take the chances. Yeah. You know, I, I have them cold call as much as I can as part of a class project saying, you know, you're in, if you're going to be in real estate, there's probably no skill more important than the willingness to pick up a phone and just call somebody. Right, right. It never hurts to ask. Yeah, that's interesting. I have been in front of millennials in my office and I just pick up the phone and call someone that they think is... You know, like really famous yeah. and, and maybe they are really big in our industry and, and just start talking to them even if you've never called them before yeah you know you got to be willing to do that right you have to and so I try and at least get them to do a little bit of that yeah so what surprises students uh, in the in the real estate department there or maybe in Athens uh, general one thing I hope it's not a surprise but the fact that we are a top five real estate program in the nation and have been consistently um, I believe it's since 95 is when they started ranking the undergraduate real estate program. So I, nice. I hope that's not a surprise, but, um, but as I said earlier, I think one of the biggest surprises is how we can feel like a small college within the program because we see each other so much, you see the same people so much, um, and, the, and just the accessibility of the faculty. We're not standoffish. We're not hiding in our offices saying, I've got research to do, don't come near me. Right. Um, you know, we take our, especially our undergraduate teaching we take very seriously and we're very we, we place our fat one thing I mean that might surprise you is all the faculty are in the classroom for our real estate principles courses right. which are the introductory you know you don't have to be a real estate major to take those classes mm -hmm. but we place all the tenured faculty in that class that's perfect well Richard thanks for joining us here in studio one oh my pleasure yep good to see you and stay tuned we'll have more on top college real estate programs I'm Michael Bull this is the commercial real estate show are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball, and our topic today is top college real estate programs. One of the most important things in commercial real estate industry is getting the right education. Please welcome my next guest. is Karen Gibbler. She's Associate Professor at Georgia State University. Karen is joining us here in Studio One. Thanks for being with us. Delighted to be here, Michael. Well, tell us about the, first of all, the undergraduate program for real estate at Georgia State. Well, our undergraduate program allows someone to get a bachelor's in business administration with a full major in real estate. One of the few programs in the country where you get to study finance, investments, market analysis, evaluation, and get an, an internship if you'd like while you're studying. And we have great scholarship opportunities for students as well. The Atlanta downtown campus is a perfect uh, environment for students who want to be in real estate to, to learn while they're students. And speaking of that environment, that environment's uh, about to grow, right, with the purchase of the Turner Field property. Yes. What's that going to do for Georgia State and the program? Georgia State just continues to grow. Uh, we did uh, 
come to an agreement for uh, acquiring the Turner Field property where we're going to have a baseball field, a football stadium, so we won't be playing in the dome anymore, mm -hmm. and more student housing. We opened a new dorm downtown this year, and it's already full, and we've got a waiting list, so we're wow. continuing to expand. And how many students do you have at Georgia State now? Well, with the merger with Peri Georgia Perimeter College, we now have 53,000 students, the largest university in the state of Georgia. Wow. And how big is the real estate department? In the department, we have just over 100 uh, undergraduate majors. Many students in business like to get a double major, finance and real estate, marketing and real estate. And so those are in addition to ours that are strictly real estate majors. Right. Oh, tell us about some of the classes that uh, the students will be taking there. Sure. The students take courses in development where they learn the business side of development and they take uh, study tours of current uh, construction sites as well as redevelopments in downtown. They study market analysis for all different types of properties. They can take courses in brokerage and property management and valuation as well. That's excellent. And what about a graduate program? Tell us about that. Well, we're very happy. We moved our graduate program to the Buckhead Center about two years ago. We also revised it to become a one-year cohort program. So students come into an orientation, get to know their classmates, and then go through a series of courses two nights a week for one year to earn a Master of Science in Real Estate. We've graduated our first cohort, and we're now in our second, and our our students are delighted. They've been able to move into new positions, uh, move up in their companies, uh, and they feel like it's been a good investment for, for one year. And they've left the program with a built-in network that they're maintaining. They're going to Braves games together. They're calling each other for uh, networking when they have a new project. And so we're, we're very pleased with the way that change has occurred. That's excellent. And, you know, today sometimes you see people coming out of college and then they're not getting a job in their profession. But how's that going in the real estate department at Georgia State? We currently cannot supply enough graduates from both the bachelor's and the master's programs. Again, most of our undergraduates can work while they're in school in real estate if they'd like to. And that's what we encourage so that they get the experience in the field rather than uh, continuing to work as a bartender or as a, a waitress or something like that where the tips are great but they can have the opportunity to work in Atlanta firms and learn the trade while they're in school. In the graduate program we had several students in the last year who came into the program wanting to transition as they left uh, and one of our students for example was working in design and moved to the H.J. Russell company in their uh, development area and managed to work into uh, uh, investments and management of construction rather than just being the designer based on his education. Another student that entered our program was leaving one of the large firms and wanted to go into industrial properties and the firm that he joined hired him specifically because he was starting his master's degree. They said, this is the type of, of, of worker we want, someone who invests in themselves and will be a good investment long term. And so they're financially helping him uh, get his master's degree. Uh, that's great. And you talked about the internships. I know when we're hiring people and, and we look at what they did in their summer jobs and things, and you know, we like to see that they're in real estate companies, they were development companies, they were the appraisal firms, and they're actually getting some hands-on experience. So what do you tell students who are trying to figure out a vocation, they're trying to figure out what to do, and they're considering real estate? 
Why tell them how broad the real estate field is? Because so many people, if they're not familiar with commercial real estate, think the real estate industry is selling houses. Right. And so we bring them in and tell them about, look, if you're a people person, brokerage, property management, those types of careers are a perfect match for you. If instead you're more of a numbers person and want to do a little more uh, analysis and research, well, again, we've got financial analysis, investment analysis, market analysis. So you don't have to be one or the other. We can find a place within the real estate industry where there's a good fit. Yeah, it is a broad industry, and I, I think that's a good thing to be telling them because there's so many different areas of commercial real estate to consider. And it's funny you mentioned that you know when you mention real estate, a lot of people think residential and. And sometimes I'll be at a party or, or some sort of gathering and people say, what do you do? Well, I'm in real estate. And before I can tell them it's commercial or whatever, they start talking about some house down the street that hasn't sold. And I just want to shoot my foot so I can leave. <laughs> well, some of our undergraduates do choose to go into residential yeah. real estate. And, and we don't discourage them from that if that's what they want to do. Yeah. And we do see that they have uh, a more professional attitude and better success as a full-time career in residential real estate. Um, so again, it's a matter of finding the match and, and where they want to be. Oh yeah, and you know, and I have lots of friends who do very well in residential real estate. I think it's a great field, but when you are in commercial, you don't really want to talk about houses too much. Same thing with college professors. I often get a question about, you know, do you have your license and how many houses have you sold? <laughs> well, tell us about uh, the industry and, and how the industry of commercial real estate can uh, work with uh, Georgia State. Well, there's probably about three different ways that we're currently working with industry and we're very excited that it's been growing lately. Our partnership with industry is definitely improving. Um, one way is that we have individuals who work with us either as guest speakers, they come into our classes, talk about their experiences and their own careers as well as their projects they're working on. We have people who are on our honorary board and our other advisory boards or in our alumni group who provide advice to us on the programs, who help fundraise for our students. And then another way uh, that people in the industry can interact with us is directly with the students, either acting as a mentor to a student or providing an internship for a student or funding a scholarship for current students. And Again, we're very fortunate with our large alumni group that we have tremendous support throughout the business community. And we have people who aren't GSU alumni who sort of wish they were. <laughs> and so we allow them to join our alumni group as well. Nice. And again, we don't restrict our honorary board only to Georgia State graduates. And tell us quickly, I know you have to go, but uh, in your graduate class, you can get credit for some CCM classes? That's correct. If students take the Master of Science in Real Estate, then they can uh, exempt out of three of the CCIM courses working toward their designation. Uh, in addition, in our graduate program, we have a course in which students can attain Argus certification, which is a great credential nice. to give them an advantage in the job market. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, Karen, thanks for joining us today in Studio One. We appreciate seeing you. I'm always glad to come and visit with you, Michael. Thank you. you. I good, use your videos in my class. Excellent. And good work down there at Georgia State. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on college real estate programs. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, we're talking about the top college real estate programs around the U.S. Please welcome my next guest. is Glenn Williamson. Glenn is faculty director of Georgetown University. Glenn, thanks for joining us today on Skype. Sure. Thanks, you. It's great to be here. So tell us about the real estate program there and uh, what makes it uh, special for people to consider maybe attending Georgetown University real estate program or maybe sending their children there. Sure. Uh, our program is an adult program, uh, so uh, we have about uh, 500 students in it. It's a large program, and uh, we offer classes both on campus here in Washington, D.C. We're right downtown, because since most of our students are working at the same time, so they go to classes in the evening. We also have a very dynamic online program, which we started in 2015, and roughly half of our students are actually online students now. So we reach an audience of students who are across the United States. About 20% of our online students are here in Washington, D.C. The other 80% are either in the U.S. or in some countries overseas as well. So we have a nice diverse student body. Uh, We have a nice range of ages and backgrounds. And uh, our program is designed to give everyone a base in real estate fundamentals as well as opportunity to focus on a particular specialization. So because we have a a large program, we have a lot of electives and students are able to focus on a given area, whether it's finance or development or even uh, global real estate or construction. Okay. And is this a graduate degree or undergraduate or both? It's a graduate degree. Uh, Our one degree that we offer both on campus and online is the Master of Professional Studies in Real Estate. It's a 30 credit uh, program and uh, 33 credits it will be next year um, and uh, it, it covers real estate fundamentals, finance, law, accounting, markets, as well as, as I mentioned, specialization in, in given areas like development, global real estate, or uh, say finance or construction. Yeah, and I think that's a great part to, to specialize because the commercial real estate industry is a big industry, isn't it? And, and you really want to be prepared for what you really want to do. It's like people come to me and say, well, they want to talk about working at our brokerage shop. And I said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, and uh, they said, well, I want to be a developer. Well, well, you don't want to work here. Work for a developer, right? And so you can take classes that really kind of get you where you want to go there. Yeah, I mean, and, and real estate is a cyclical business. It goes up and down. So uh, in a given period of time, development might be a very hot area. And then... Uh, not too many years later, it might be uh, financial restructuring that is the more uh, common position. What students can do is explore all these various areas, including uh, global real estate, uh, not just going overseas, but also dealing with all of the foreign money which comes into the United States. Roughly half of the capital that's invested in Washington, D.C. real estate is actually from overseas. So there's a great range of topics and what makes real estate so interesting I I have a background in real estate development when you're sitting around that table and you've got somebody from financing somebody from leasing somebody from property management uh, somebody from construction somebody from design 
and you've got a given problem, you know, should we convert this floor from office to retail? Well, what's it going to do? What's it going to cost? What's it going to drive the value of the building? How long is it going to take? How much permits do we need to get it? All these various things. Will, it, will we create a synergy with the other tenants who are already in the building? Uh, it's a great conversation. And when you get the input from all those areas and when you can appreciate the value of the input from all those different areas, that's what makes real estate fun when you come up with a solution. So what we're trying to do for our students is expose them to these different areas and give them the fundamentals that they need to go out and to push their own careers and, and try new areas and also build up strength in the areas that they're most uh, comfortable with or mo most uh, that they most enjoy. That's interesting. And uh, also th find it interesting that so many of your students are attending classes online. So how long have you had the real estate department and what's the trend there that you've seen from people attending in class uh, and your growth of your online? Well, as I mentioned, roughly half our program is online and half is on campus. I have taught the same course both online and on campus and and I like it. It, it. The online students can really dig into a topic rather than speaking in a class. They're actually uh, writing a, say 200 word essay and then commenting on those essays with their colleagues. When you're responding to them, you're giving them very specific feedback on uh, what they've said. Maybe you're attaching a clip of an article you think that they might find interesting. and. It allows us to reach a group of students, too, who you know, maybe they're in a certain place, Atlanta or Chicago, uh, California, and they're locked into their particular job or their family or whatever locks you in as you get a little older, um, but they still want the education. So this allows them asynchronously to reach out and to engage with other students and faculty, but on the time that they have, that it fits in with their life. So we have students who start online and come to campus because they like the face-to-face -face networking that they get. There's more of that on campus. We have students who decide while they're on campus that a particular course is, is better off taken online. Uh, they can accelerate uh, their studies that way. So it's really the flexibility. Our students all typically have a few years of work experience, and so they're, they're busy, yeah. uh, and they're trying to work this program into the rest of their lives. So we want to give them as many different ways to do it. In terms of growth and all that, I mean, I, I tell our students, you know, go backwards five years and think how many things were done online compared to today. Go forward five years. It's really kind of hard to not draw a conclusion that there will be more hybrid type alternatives uh, and options available, our school has certainly found that, and, and we're very uh, we're very pleased with the results, what it's done for our program. Yeah, I, I love it. I think uh, your program is going to continue to grow because uh, it's diverse. Uh, it, it's so available online, and, uh, you know, it, it's great for, for the industry as well. So, Glenn, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. If you like more information, we'll have a link to the Georgetown University uh, Real Estate Department information on the show website. And stay tuned. We'll have more on the top college real estate programs. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're covering the top college real estate programs around the country. Please welcome my next guest. It's Sam Shandon. Now, maybe you've heard of Sam. He's kind of famous in the commercial real estate world around the U.S. He's also the Silverstein Chair Dean of NYU SBS Shack Institute of Real Estate at NYU in New York. And he's joining us on Skype. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Delighted to be here. Well, it must be kind of special to have a real estate school right there in Manhattan. It really is. And I have to say that uh, uh, one of our great advantages is that our graduate program in particular is right on Bryant Park in the middle of midtown Manhattan uh, within uh, five or ten blocks of, of our classrooms. We have the largest concentration of real estate capital anywhere in the world. Um, and uh, that really gives our program access to uh, a large number of, of leading participants in the industry. It allows us to bring the real world applications to our graduate students in a way that we simply wouldn't be able to uh, if we were located anywhere else. And we have the sound effects of New York. And you, you didn't, I, we didn't actually uh, buzz that in, right? That's the real sound <laughs> effect. That's true. So uh, <laughs> amongst, the, uh, amongst the advantages and disadvantages, I apologize for, uh, for the noise inherent in overlooking Bryant Park. You know, it's always exciting uh, to be in uh, New York City. So tell us about the degrees available at NYU at the Shack. Sure. So uh, we're a nearly 50-year-old program. In fact, we'll be celebrating our 50th anniversary next year. Um, Shack, uh, in its nascence as the Real Estate Institute, uh, had uh, actually not offered uh, graduate degree programs. It had uh, been designed and intended uh, to serve uh, the uh, local working real estate community. Uh, and it's uh, been over time that our graduate programs have developed. And so uh, now, uh, you know, as we head into our 50th year, we actually offer three distinct master's degree programs. We have our core Master of Science in Real Estate, and then also programs in development and construction management that, again, are very focused. A lot of the, you know, the core material that we expose our students to is the same across those programs. But they do have the choice of three different master's degrees. Uh, in addition, uh, we have a very thriving uh, undergraduate program uh, with our uh, traditional NYU uh, undergraduate students. Our program is actually only three years old, uh, but it's uh, already ranked uh, you know, very highly. Uh, and uh, we're excited about that because we, we haven't even graduated our first class of seniors, uh, but they are an exceptionally bright, uh, talented, energetic, uh, an engaged group uh, of young people in, in our undergraduate program. We have our first class of seniors uh, this fall, uh, and we'll be graduating uh, those students in May. That's great. So it, you have how many students there, did you say, in the real estate department? Well, in our graduate programs, we have uh, 800 uh, or so students uh, enrolled. And then in our undergraduate program, uh, we're uh, working our way up to about 200. And again, part of that reflects that uh, the program is only a little over three years old now. Um, so in total, our, our graduate and undergraduate degree enrollment is uh, roughly 1,000 students, which uh, certainly makes us one of the largest uh, real estate programs and centers of real estate research anywhere in the world. And what would you say the average age of your graduate program students uh, is there? 
Uh, so they're uh, good. It's going to be on par with uh, an MBA student. Uh, I think uh, um, you know maybe a little bit younger than your average MBA student at a top program. Um, so uh, our students generally have had at least a few years of experience. Uh, I'd say on average, uh, you know, perhaps three to five years of experience as they come into the master's program, uh, and, and that uh, I think provides them with an important perspective. Most of not many of them have worked in uh, the real estate industry before coming to Shack. Um, and so uh, they're able to you know, really sort of undertake their academic study uh, in the context of a, a real estate market and industry where they already understand some of the norms and uh, you know, some of the mechanics of how it works. So you've had the undergraduate program, you said, for what, 50 years? Uh, right. So our graduate to master's, uh, which includes our master's programs, that dates back all the way to 1967. Okay. Um, it's our undergraduate program that is uh, now uh, three years old and entering its fourth. I see. Okay. And then you're in New York. That's got to be fabulous to, to go to school there. So what are some of the other reasons that people tell you that uh, are there or have graduated from there uh, that said, that, hey. You know, I, I admire my students for uh, you know, the, the, their discipline um, and, the, and their focus. I think uh, if I'd uh, come to school in New York City as an undergraduate, graduate I would have uh, I would have been more easily distracted but, that's you know, right. again, a really very talented uh, focused group of young people that uh, are, are excited about uh, you know being real estate professionals when they graduate um, so we're, uh, we're really very proud of them um, and, and the things that they're doing and as you mentioned you know being in New York City is a tremendous advantage in terms of our ability to connect our students to the industry very directly um, and uh, not only in terms of being able to bring speakers in, uh, we have a large adjunct faculty uh, that includes you know, very successful professionals, some of whom are our own alumni uh, that are working in industry. We have uh, one of our uh, alums who is uh, managing director at Blackstone, uh, who teaches a course uh, for our students. So we have uh, access to a pool of industry professionals that, again, we wouldn't have access to in another city, um, uh, whether that's uh, to be a speaker, a lecturer, a guest, or to, in some cases, actually teach a class. Uh, the other thing that this allows us to do is in connecting to industry, um, you know, really encouraging and helping our students to explore opportunities for internships, for careers after they graduate, uh, you know, being on the doorstep of you know, the largest investors, the, you know, the largest REITs, the largest uh, uh, real estate investment banking uh, uh, you know, groups is, uh, again, sort of a real advantage for us in being in New York City. Yeah. Well, that's got a great program. And uh, in fact, that you're there is another benefit of that program. Uh, you're really respected in the industry. And I appreciate you coming on the show and telling everybody about NYU's uh, Shack University there. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Well, stay with us. We're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Sam some more about his opinion and views of the economy moving forward and where we are in the cycle. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. What are you doing October 24th and 25th? Come see us at CCIM Thrive, the national CCIM event of the year. Covering hot topics like crowdfunding and big data, this is the one industry event you cannot miss. Visit CREshow.com and look for CCIM Thrive. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com.
Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We've been talking about the top college real estate programs, and we just talked to Sam Shandon about NYU and the Shack Institute there, and we still have Sam on Skype. And Sam, uh, I can't get away from talking to you and, and asking without asking you the view of the market here. So it seems like we've been a little long in our current good times and this cycle. Some people are a little concerned. It's a little long in the tooth. Uh, where are we? How long will these good times last? Is it leveling off? Yeah, well, I think, you know, th there is a bit of a disconnect in um, the uh, thinking about where we are in the cycle. And I think in part that reflects that for any one of us individually, uh, for you know the average American household, are thinking about where we are in the expansion, how strong the expansion has been, uh, in part reflects sort of our observations of the labor market. Have I been able to get a job? Have I gotten a raise? Do I feel secure in my job? If I have a friend or family member who perhaps lost their job during the downturn, have they been able to you know, find something new in the workforce? And in that respect, uh, the recovery expansion um, has not been going on very long, or it's uh, it's only been recently that perhaps we've developed some momentum. Uh, that being said, when we look at this from a macroeconomic cycle perspective, uh, the expansion has been uh, underway for a very long time. Um, at least in terms of aggregate economic activity, we returned to growth in June of 2009. And so this past June uh, was the uh, seventh anniversary uh, of our return to expansion. We've uh, had an expansion in the United States that has lasted longer at this point than uh, our average expansion does. And while um, there may be good reasons to believe that uh, this one will uh, go significantly longer, maybe uh, unique in that regard, the longest we've ever seen uh, has been uh, 10 years, 120 months. Um, so unless I'm willing to bet that uh, this is going to be an outlier, um, there's a very good chance that within our investment time horizon, uh, we'll see uh, some kind of stress uh, on the economy, on the performance of real estate. It's important to point out that uh, expansions uh, do not die of old age. Uh, there is always a proximate cause, uh, but some of that proximate cause is uh, going to be uh, captured in risk-taking behaviors in the market, uh, some of which may manifest in uh, what we see happening with, with debt levels, debt structures, uh, valuations for assets. And there again, when we turn our attention to commercial real estate, um, it's important to begin having a serious conversation about you know, where we are in that real estate market cycle. Uh, we've seen we've had a number of years of significant appreciation. We've got yields, whether they be debt yields or cap rates, uh, that are uh, at historic lows and in many cases are low. Even once you consider that uh, we have some reasonable spread above the historically low uh, interest rate. Uh, it's already a norm in the environment uh, over the last several years. Uh, but I think um, you know, when we look at some of the preliminary data on you know, 2016 uh, transaction activity, uh, lending volumes, the, the kinds of messaging that we're getting from policymakers, but also the lenders themselves around you know, uh, how much more room there is to um, uh, to uh, ease up or uh, uh uh, become a little bit perhaps more aggressive on underwriting standards. There, uh, There isn't a lot of uh, additional room there. I think we see lenders saying that they're going to stand pat in some cases. We say lenders saying that uh, uh, th they need to tighten up a little bit, that there are, you know, the share of interest only loans in the market has grown uh, too quickly or that um, uh, they need, they're somewhat concerned about uh, the banking sector uh, and, and its exposure to commercial real estate, given how quickly banks uh, net lending uh, to the sector has grown um, in, in as much as uh, transaction volumes, lending volumes, uh, and um, uh, prices uh, tend to move together. Uh, I, I think th th there is some evidence to suggest that 
you know, uh, underlying concerns in the market around where we are in the cycle are, are valid, need to be taken seriously. That doesn't mean that we walk away from the real estate market at all. I'm a life cycle, a whole cycle, I should say, investor in commercial real estate. Uh, what it does, however, mean for us is that when we're thinking about the kinds of investments we make, when we're thinking about the kinds of loans that we might originate, uh, they have to be sensitive to our location in the real estate cycle. And it, it is a different place from where we were a couple of years ago. Right. So what do you think is going to happen uh, over the next couple of years with uh, interest rates and how might that impact the commercial real estate market? Certainly. Well, you know, I'm stuck in the very similar position to members of the Federal Reserve uh, in, in that uh, my thinking about interest rates is based on the, you know, the data that we have available to us now, uh, where uh, economists have been tripped up so many times over the last several years has been that, um, you know, the data uh, has suggested that we are on the cusp of uh, rate increases. The, the job market had improved. Uh, we're, you know, we will see stronger wage growth numbers. Um, you know, the stronger underlying economic performance, improving confidence in the market, um, and, and the indicators. Uh, you know, in many cases, sort of at the beginning of the year, late in the in the year, have been. Uh, pointing to an environment in which we can begin to normalize rates. Uh, but then either jobs, the economy, external shocks, uh, things have gone sideways. And so we haven't seen those rate increases. Um, based on the data that we do have now, um, I, I think that what the Fed is signaling very clearly is that over the course of the next couple of years, and perhaps uh, you know, beginning with another rate increase before the end of 2016, we're on the path to normalization. Um, and we can see from you know, their own expectations based on current data where they think that you know, their rates are going. Uh, and the short-term rate is headed to something in the range of about 3%. Uh, imagine that we're in a normal uh, macroeconomic environment, or perhaps you know, normal is a strong word, macroeconomic environment where the economy is growing at some reasonable pace. If that's the case, if we've got some slope on the yield curve, then uh, a short rate of 3% implies a long-term treasury yield uh, that's going to be a little bit higher than that. So I think you know, when we're uh, imagining... Uh, you know, what the rate environment might be like in three or four or five years time uh, in a, an environment where interest rates have begun to normalize uh, something perhaps 150, 200 basis points higher than the, the treasury that we see in the market today um, is certainly, I think, within the relevant range of what we need to be examining and uh, stressing our investments and loans against. Um, so I think from an interest rate perspective, that's where we are. Uh, I should say also that uh, you know, we are far enough into the cycle that while a lot of attention is focused on this question of, well, uh, what will my exit interest rate be like? What will my exit cap rate be like? Will I be able to hold value? How will my specific property react to or internalize changes in, in the required yields of the market? Um, we have to uh, balance that against uh, some stress testing uh, for uh, the alternative possibility that uh, rates in three or four or five years time that may not be higher. Uh, they may be at levels that are similar to what we observe now. Uh, because we will have reached that next inflection in the business cycle. Um, and I think you know part of the concern amongst uh, central bankers at this point is that uh, we won't actually get to the point where you know, rates have come back to levels that we might think of as uh, being consistent with normal levels of economic activity or normal monetary policy uh, before uh, the, we arrive at a point where uh, we start to have to uh, accommodate. Uh, we need to start easing off on monetary policy again. Um, and, and that, I think, is a concern uh, in the United States, but certainly for other central banks as well, because we don't have a lot of monetary policy flexibility uh, at this juncture. Um, and uh, you know the, the quiver of tools that we might use as monetary policymakers is somewhat limited. 
um, you know, the, the the tool of lowering, you know, that that short term interest rate is not one uh, that, you know, gives us a lot of room to work. Uh, and so if rates only begin to climb before we reach that point where uh, monetary policy, again, has to start to be uh, accommodative, uh, has to start to you know, be much more supportive of uh, of a return to growth and economic activity, um, th- then we may be facing a little bit of a challenge. Okay, so let's say that you're not talking to 70,000 people on the commercial real estate show, and we're in a bar in New York, and I'm asking you, hey, Sam, what would you tell me that uh, my cost of funds will be to refinance my apartment complex or to buy a new apartment complex in one year? What might my cost of funds uh, might increase or what what might it be? Yeah, well, I'd have to qualify this, even if we're at a bar, uh, by saying that based, you know, the, my expectations are based on, on the data that we have available to us now, and what the Fed itself is signaling about what it's going to do with the rate that it controls. Um, and I think that uh, you know, certainly, you know, as an alternative, if we were to look at sort of uh, options trading. You know, what does the market itself believe is going to happen with the Fed funds target rate over the course of the next year? Um, you know, the, the the median expectation in the market is something uh, that looks like two to three rate increases uh, between now and 12 months from now. Uh, if you assume that each of those is on the order of about 25 basis points, uh, then we're looking at a Fed funds target rate that is about 75 basis points higher than we are now. Now, uh, the one thing I'd caution against is uh, to uh, see that as a deterministic forecast. We know that the only way that uh, it's reasonable for us to approach these things is in a probabilistic framework. And so while my median expectation might be, or my median scenario, I should say, might be a 75 basis point increase in the underlying treasury, sorry, in the underlying Fed funds target rate, um, I realize that there's the possibility that rates could be a little bit higher, the rates could be a little bit lower, uh, and I have to model for those scenarios as well. So while I think it may be 75 basis points, um, I really do need to understand whether or not I can refinance if instead of 75, it's 125. And if what I find is that, you know, a slightly uh, larger rate increase uh, undoes my investment thesis, uh, makes it difficult for me to refinance, um, while I may believe that that rate increase is larger, than uh, would be, uh, than will likely be the case. Uh, I want to make sure I've stressed for that and that I understand uh, that scenario. That is probably a a much more involved answer uh, than you would expect to get from someone uh, at a bar stool. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it's it's, it's the best I can manage. Well, I like it because you're telling me, so we've had one drink, you said 75 basis points maybe, but then after a couple more drinks, you said, Michael, watch out, it could be 150 basis points. Well, Sam, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. And thank you for joining us on one of the radio stations around the country. Maybe you're listening or watching on iTunes or YouTube or the show website. Thanks for being with us. Be sure and join us next week. We're going to talk about the office market. We'll look at the office market from the perspective of a tenant running a business and from investors owning the property. So till next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Valuate, online investment analysis. First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrower advocate. Apto, the CRM for commercial brokers. You're invited to contact these companies through the show website, CREshow.com.